0: This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores.
1: This is Bill Polian,
0: and you're listening to the
1: iTest for Two.
2: one of the darker weeks on the I-Test for Two podcast, and that's because two of the people here, Libby Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman and Hall of Fame producer Ian Glendon are in the Tampa area, and their Bucks, Tom Brady, are out of the playoffs. I'm not sure who hurt most, Ira, but I guarantee both of you must be smarting right now. Well, Clark, Ian's not going to want to hear
3: this, but we tell it like it is on this podcast. My friend, the bucks were manhandled and without a lot of help from the Rams. And I'm still trying to figure out what cam Akers was doing out there. I'll, I'll cut him a little slack. Cause he's coming back from an Achilles, but he didn't run worth a darn. And he fumbled at the one yard line. You don't do that. And he fumbled again. So what I'm saying is Clark, the Rams were the better team. Yep. Um, you could blame it on Tristan Wirfs if you want, but the Rams were missing their left tackle, you know, uh, in Whitworth. So um, the better team moved on. It just wasn't in
2: the cards for the Bucks this year, Clark. But they still had what I consider a, a pretty successful season. Oh, no, absolutely. But, uh, Ian, you feel the same way, sort of outcoached, outsmarted, and outscored?
0: Yeah, I mean, too too many opportunities left on the field. Um, you know, you you get four fumbles, and I know one was at – essentially the end of the half so what are you going to do with that but but still you got to take advantage of of those opportunities and you know they on the line the line play was just the big difference i mean brady was pressured more than any quarterback this weekend and i mean he got hit and hit and hit it's it's pretty remarkable he was only sacked i think three times but um that that certainly changed the 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 whole outlook of the game from from pretty much the start
2: Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, Troy Aikman, the 1994 conference championship game when he got beaten to a pulp, kept picking himself up and throwing. And the same thing with Eli Manning, actually, the 2011 championship game, I think, in San Francisco, kept picking himself up and just got pulverized, but played really well. So I want to cut to the chase here. The question of the day for both of you guys, does Tom Brady return for another season? What do you think? I think he's leaning towards retirement, Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
3: You know, he's been very cryptic. And usually he's not cryptic. Uh, I'm playing till I'm 45. I'm playing another season. He's not saying it, Clark. He's not saying it. I don't think he's going to hold up the bucks. I don't think it's about money. And at this point, I don't really think it's about personnel. He knows the personnel on this team. Um, and where's he going to go that he's going to have a better chance? Is he really going to go to Denver? And have a better chance in Tampa so Ian sorry to say it uh, I I think the odds are that he's not coming back and then the dominoes start tumbling with Gronkowski and um, and quite frankly Bruce Arians because if they don't get a veteran Clark to replace him Arians is not going to coach in 2022 with Kyle Trask under center that's not going
1: to happen
2: yeah Ian you're a longtime Brady follower and the thing that struck me during that game, I've watched him hundreds of games and so have you, is that there was something missing, and it was emotion. I, I said to my wife, you know, when he was on the sidelines like that, the Patriots are down. He was screaming. He was in everyone's ear. He was like that in the playoffs last year. And he seemed almost resigned. When he was sitting on the bench there, there was no emotion. And I said, kind of like he sees the end here. Now, he got them back in the game, and he brought them back and tied the game. I realized had, I had a lot of help from Cam Akers and the Rams but still it just didn't seem like the same Tom Brady
0: um I I did I saw a little bit of that but you know my I I'm, I'm gonna wait a little bit before I read into too much of his comments because I I think so much of what just happened is still fresh and and, and I think this was on many levels not just for him but the entire Bucks team and Ira can speak to this a very uh a challenging season it just there was a, there was a lot going on from antonio brown to to just uh, you know the the injuries piling up and and new guys in and out so i i think you know when you try to defend a title sometimes it's just especially for a team obviously brady's won plenty but you know th- this team was pretty pretty new to the championship winning experience and and i think for teams like that sometimes it just it it it, it takes a toll on you towards the end of the season i think we saw that this year um for Brady, I think my, my gut still tells me I think he comes back for one more year. However, I will admit this is the very first time in my entire life that I've ever had any doubt about that. Yeah, and right. even last year, the year before, when you know the question ever came up, do you think Brady – absolutely. I wouldn't wouldn't even hesitate. I'd bet my entire life savings on it. You ask me that today, I'm not putting that type of money on it because I, I, I do think the possibility exists that he decides that – Hey, you know what? This isn't a bad way for him to go out, considering yeah. the comeback. I mean, he again, he was pretty much short of going out winning a Super Bowl. What we saw uh, on Sunday was, was kind of the epitome of Tom Brady, right? You know, he he gets hit, he gets hit. This this team was just not ready to play that game, but but still, at the end of the day, they tied that game at 27 and and what was really would have been an incredible comeback, but. They lost, so, you know, you forget about it and whatnot. But I I, I do think he eventually does come back. I, I, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of the fandom in me, but, you know, I, I think he has one more year left.
2: Well, too bad he can't play defense, too, because uh, <laughs> they'd still be in the playoffs. Hey, uh, last question for you guys. I read today that there are fans now in the Tampa area imploring Giselle to convince her husband to play one more year. That sounds <laughs> like Ian. It sounds like Ian. Ira, what do you think? Ian started a fund up, Clark. (laughs) The
3: the Brady fund, you know, food, uh, (laughs) furniture, whatever you can throw in there. Uh, Look, ultimately, Clark, you hit it on the head. It's going to be a family decision. It's not a football decision. It's a family decision. And uh, I don't think it's got anything to do with uh, Chris Godwin and and how his surgery's coming along and whether Fournette's coming back. Uh, He... Clark, he, if, he has, if he commits, he commits 100% because that's Tom Brady. So that's what he's wrestling with. Can I do that again?
2: Am I fully
3: invested again?
2: Well, if it's any solace, to you guys, there is one place hurting more than Tampa right now, and that's Buffalo, New York. The Bills, as we all know, suffered another in a long line of heartbreaking losses last week, and there are few out there who can appreciate better what Bill's Mafia is going through than today's guest. That would be Hall of Fame GM, six time executive of the year, Hall of Fame voter and friend of the show, Mr. Bill Polian. Now, Bill, you were there in Buffalo for wide right and I think three of the four consecutive Super Bowl losses. And then of course, later there was the Music City Miracle. How badly do you think this one hurts for Buffalo and Bill's Mafia?
1: Well, I don't think it hurts as badly as the Super Bowl losses, simply because it was in the divisional round. So it ranks right up there with the Music City Miracle. Although, in this case, uh, we really have no one to blame but ourselves. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, we didn't come through on defense at the end of the game uh, when it counted most. And there are a number of different things you you can do to Analyze it, and and in the end, as Mark Levy used to say, if what you did didn't work, you should have done the other thing. <laughs> um, but uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, they didn't close it out after one of the most magnificent uh, comebacks and magnificent two-minute uh, two-minute drives uh, you know I've ever seen. So it, it's heartbreaking. It hurts. Um, it's another in a long line of of heartbreakers Um, but uh, I I think in the the end they'll prevail they're a good team Sean McDermott's a great coach the irony is I think he's the best game coach in the league Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know in this particular case it didn't work out Um, but and they've got a a great quarterback and and a really good team and you know they'll continue to build Brandon is a great general manager this, this group of players and this group of coaches and executives are every bit as good as the group that we had back there 25 or 30 years ago. So it's uh, – uh, and, and it's been a long time. It's been a long time, obviously, coming uh, for the Bills, but the Pagulas wow. have, have done what it took to get the franchise back. And um, so I think there there are better days ahead, but these are this is a dark winter right now for Buffalo.
2: Yeah. Well, you and I spoke about this yesterday and I mentioned to you or I said I I thought it could have been prevented had they squibbed or pooch kicked. And you said, no, I didn't think that was the problem. And you explained to me why. And and you had another idea. But could you kind of relay those thoughts onto our listeners as what you think might have gone wrong or or could have gone wrong?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's 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 a failure of execution. That's number one. You can argue that you should have squib kicked, but things can go wrong with the squib kick too. Number one, if, if you don't hit it correctly, uh, the ball can go out of bounds and they've got the ball on your 40, which is with that offense, they're guaranteed field goal to tie and maybe even a touchdown. And, uh, and secondly, uh, the, the best you would have gotten under the best of circumstances perfect squib kick they don't handle it properly and fall on it you get three seconds um, so uh, and and then if for some reason you try to pooch kick it now you're running at risk of a return so that's even worse and I've lived through one of those in a in a divisional playoff game against the Jets when I was in Indianapolis. So that's the last thing you want to do. So I think kicking it into the end zone may not have been optimal, at least in the mind's eye at the moment, but a lot of things can go wrong with the squib kick. So I don't think that that was necessarily this positive. What was this positive was that Tyreek got a free release at 19 yards on the first play from scrimmage. They only needed to get 40 yards. You know, they're on the 25. So all you got to do is, is get to the forty, and with the with, with the Kansas City's kicker's leg, that the you know the odds favor a, a a successful field goal there. So you're really guarding forty yards, and you know Tyree Hill got a free release. Mur- that's murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he picks up nineteen, and then on 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 the next play, uh, again they really weren't guarding 40 yards. The people who should have been up in front making sure that, that all that happened was a, was a, you know, a very short completion and the clock runs, um, or an out, which is a short completion. Um, you know, that didn't happen. So that's a failure of execution and it can happen. That's one of those situations, uh, which, which always – they don't occur very often during the regular season, but they always occur during the playoffs. And we christened it in, in, in Indianapolis, having been in many of these same situations with bad outcomes, by the way, um, we christened it critical efficiency. Mm. In, in every playoff game, there are going to be four, five, six plays where you've got to be critically efficient. The play is critical. The person you're up against is a great player. And you have to be critically efficient. You've got to make the play in that situation. And in those last 13 seconds, the Bills weren't critically efficient. And they'll, they'll, they'll learn from it. It's an experience that uh, will be seared in their memories. Um, but, but that's what critical efficiency is all about. Those are those plays. It's exactly like the blitz that Tampa Bay used against Los Angeles in the afternoon divisional round game. If somebody, if one guy doesn't get the word, you're not critically efficient, and guess what happens? Cooper Cup gets wide open for a huge game and a field goal to win the game. So you got to be critically efficient. That takes experience. It takes coaching. And most of all, it takes leadership on the field and poise.
3: Bill, uh, greetings from Tampa. William, it's, uh, it's 50 degrees here. There's panic in the streets. Mr. Polian. Panic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bill, I think you'd agree with me, Bill. It it was a wonderful weekend for the National Football League. I mean, what a showcase, Bill, all four games. Nobody's talking about officials' calls. That's another great point to make from Park Avenue. Bill, what they're talking about is overtime, and we've been through this, Bill. I mean, the Chiefs were so-called victimized years ago against New England. Mahomes never got the ball. Brady took them down, and now uh, we got the reverse with Josh Allen. Bill, is, is, there, is there any easy solution to this overtime uh, mess right now?
1: Yeah, I think there is, very honestly. Uh, and I, 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 I'm going to give you this without having done what I did for 20 years on the competition committee, was, which was to sit down with a yellow legal pad and plot out all the unintended con- consequences that might occur. Uh, but I've been through the discussion long enough to, uh, to understand many of the unintended consequences. Um, I think with the explosion of offenses and with the use of 53 and a third yards of width in the field along with the length that we've always had uh, – Even though I was very much in favor of the rule as it stands now, when I was on the committee, we changed it during the regular season and left it alone in the playoffs. The theory being that, hey, you got to play defense. If you can't play defense, then you don't really deserve to win. If you give up touchdown, you don't really deserve to win. I think uh, the advantage that the offensive the offense has today with these uh, running quarterbacks and their ability to throw the ball 50 yards on a dime and, 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 and make it, you know, make it where the defender can't even get near it um, it is, is just too overwhelming. So uh, I would be in favor of, of, of two possessions in, in the overtime. And you could probably take the coin toss out. I'd want to discuss that and hear other people's points of view on that. Um, Tradition means nothing to me. Um, The idea that whoever won the toss in in the opening uh, coin toss would automatically go, uh, whoever lost in the opening coin toss would automatically go first in the overtime. Uh, with two possessions, that sounds equitable to me. So that if, if I were a member of the committee, that's what I now would be for.
3: Very interesting, Bill. Um, uh, that's obviously your reaction to the um, the dynamics uh, between offense and defense has, has changed, Bill. It's changed um, over the last 10, 15 years. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, you flexible enough to take another look at it. Uh, Bill, nine head coach openings. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about diversity directly, but Bill, I'm going to give you a chance uh, to talk for a minute or two about Jim Caldwell. He's had two chances, Bill, and guess what? He's been successful uh, on both of them. The guy made the playoffs twice with the Detroit Lions. Bill, he averaged nine wins in those four years. We know what he did in Indy uh, until Peyton Manning got hurt. Bill, so um, what's your feelings about Jim Caldwell and, 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 and a team lucky enough to hire
1: him? Well, I, I mean, you said it best. I love Jim Caldwell, and his record speaks for itself. He's been to the playoffs. Uh, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs twice with Detroit. The only man to do that, as somebody said to me the other day, in the history of mankind, it's dating back probably to the 1950s. I don't know why I had to check it, but it hasn't been recent, that's for sure. And and, uh, 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 and a, a wonderful man, a wonderful teacher, a great head coach, uh, and somebody that hires him is going to be very lucky. Um, and and I, I, I fervently hope that that he gets a chance this time around. He's very deserving.
2: We're speaking with Hall of Fame GM and now Hall of Fame voter Bill Pullian on the eye test for two. And, Bill, just going back to what you said about overtime and your idea for changing overtime, wouldn't that essentially extend overtime to almost at least another period if you have four possessions and and maybe yes, even that, beyond that?
1: Yeah. Um, that, well, no, you, were, you, you would only have two possessions in overtime because if you've got a score um, – Uh, now, now, now the, the, uh, the other team can bleed the clock. Uh, I'm sorry. The other way around. We're talking about unintended consequences here. You hit the, you hit the nail right on the head. Here's the worst one. Um, I go first, uh, I'm the, I'm the Buffalo bills. I go first in the overtime. Right. Um, I, I have a great running game and I bleed the clock. Uh, all the way down. I make you use your timeouts. I bleed the clock all the way down, and I kick a field goal and leave you less than a minute on the clock in a 10-minute overtime. So, first of all, in the playoffs, we start a new game, so you got to make it 15 so that that can't happen. So it's, it's, it, so it's got to be 15 as it is now. I mean, if it went, if they would go 15 minutes for as long as it took. Now, the question is, do you, do you, do you keep playing uh, until there's a tie and, you know, until the tie is broken, um, that could extend the game a long time. But we had that many years ago, and I believe it was Christmas Day with San Diego and uh, and uh, and uh, Miami. Miami. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is after all the playoffs, and there is no tomorrow except for one team. So – I don't know that that's, uh, given the power of today's offenses, I don't know that that's necessarily, uh, a big problem. Um, I don't think that in a 15 minute overtime, you could bleed the clock long enough to, um uh, to, uh, prevent the other team from having a chance in a 10 minute overtime. You can. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, but it's 15 now, so leave it the way it is. Um, you could put it in for one year only um, to see how it works, uh, and, and certainly you can talk it through at the committee level. I'm certain they will. I'm certain that they will because somebody's going to put in some team uh, uh, franchise is going to put in a, a an overtime proposal. So the committee uh, is going to have to deal with it. Um, but the, the the one drawback, there's two drawbacks. The one is that the tie goes on forever. Uh, but don't forget, uh, once each team has had a possession, now the next score of any kind wins. Yeah, so So right, field goal right. wins the second time around. So you don't you don't ever you know unless you the only time you get a second possession is on the uh, uh, you get alternative possessions or alternating possessions is on the first try. The second time around, it's it's sudden death. So I don't okay. think that's a terrible thing. Bleeding the clock in a 10-minute overtime period would be, but not in 15. You can't – I mean, it's almost impossible to do that.
2: Yeah, I just don't want to see the NFL go anywhere close to what college football has because those games oh, are Oh, no, 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 they, my God,
1: no, my God. Those games are just
2: – oh, no, God.
1: No. Don't even um, consider it. Yeah. That's not <laughs> – <football. That's> <laughs> <just, we're not
2: laughs> right. Final score is 70 to 68. I mean, those games are <laughs> interminable. Um, yeah. And, and it, sure. it, it, I think your idea is worth talking about, and, and also something worth talking about is – our new hall of fame president jim porter you were on that call last week with us it lasted seven and a half hours uh, i noticed ira breaking for lunch and then i noticed Ira breaking <laughs> to take the dog out but uh, uh seven and a half hours but uh, i am really encouraged and so is ira by everything we hear from the new president including the fact that he has indicated he wants to talk to the group of selectors the board of selectors 49 persons about Anything you want to change with the process? And one thing we indicated, and he mentioned is a, a priority with him, is seniors and, and trying to get more seniors involved instead of one each year, but get maybe two or even more than that uh, each year because there's such a deep pool of senior candidates. wonder what your take is on that.
1: Well, uh, I, I think, first of all, he, he's really got a lot of good ideas and a lot of energy and that's great, including uh, making a selection meeting uh, in, in a non COVID era, please God uh, in person because it's yeah, much, right. much more effective in person than via zoom. Um, but uh, I, I think the idea of the seniors is a good one. Bill Belichick and Ron Wolf and myself and Ozzie Newsom uh, for the, uh, centennial, uh, team and for the hundredth anniversary team took what, what old time film from 1930 up until 1950 we could get our hand, 1960, we could get our hands on. And, uh, and, 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 and we studied, um, all of the players from that era and, um, and we, uh, and we graded them all. And I think we got in all of the people that deserve to be in. So, I don't think you need to worry about seniors pre-1960. Uh, and maybe even 1970. Uh, but if you wanted to be on the safe side, you could say 1960. So, that makes it easier, uh, to deal with a smaller group. And then, um, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you went through, uh, another process like that, let's call it, uh, for the 1960s. Uh, or maybe from 1960 to 1975. Um, if you went through that process with a, you know, a group who could analyze film and, 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 and really make a a, a, a definitive judgment on the people involved, I think that would be good. And, and Jim indicated that there is such a committee working on that now. So that's great. Um, and, and then, let's say that the cutoff was 1975, then if, if you went to two or more seniors every year, um, then, you know, the voters, or, or like baseball, a select group, a larger select group of voters, uh, again, who can analyze film, uh, might well be in a position um, to do justice to the, to the people who are logjammed. I would not want a large 49-man group like we have because many, many of the voters have never seen the players we would be discussing. Right. That's that's really not, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But a smaller group, as baseball does, they break it into, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame breaks it into various committees of people who are experts on the eras that they are studying. Um, That would make a lot of sense to me. And then let that committee uh, recommend uh, voters, and with the with the caveat that unless there's some very untoward situation, um, the, the, the larger group fulfilling the bylaws is is required in good conscience to vote for the committee selection.
3: Bill, I want to ask you about um, sort of the land. Bill, the landscape between the AFC and the NFC right now in terms of quarterbacks. Bill, if I rattle off. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson uh, for the AFC. And, Bill, you know, we've got uh, Brady and Rodgers. Stafford's not a youngster, Bill. So how unusual is is this dynamic that we're witnessing right now in terms of one conference over the other? And uh, is it exaggerated, Bill?
1: Well, I think it's exaggerated to an extent. Don't forget back in the the – in the 80s and early 90s or even into the mid 90s you had you know you had Montana and Troy Aikman and and and, and Phil Sims and, and you know Barb, the, the yeah the NFC. yeah big yep. yep. man you know the NFC sort of was thought to be the dominant uh, conference at the time um, I, I think it and and I think it it yo-yos back and forth it, it's just an anomaly sometimes um, but it it'll straighten itself out, you know. Who knows? The Giants' young guy may may thrive and grow and develop, and and other people, you know. The Bears have Fields. We'll see about him. It, the, the pendulum swings back and forth. I'm not I'm not too worried about that.
3: Bill, I want to ask you about uh, a media star that uh, you are very well familiar with. I don't think a lot of people realize, Bill, that you you drafted Pat McAfee. Uh, In the seventh round, uh, 2009 draft. Bill, I believe you traded up to make the pick um, out of West Virginia. He was a kicker and a punter. He played eight years for Indy, made two Pro Bowls. I think he was an all-pro one year. Uh, Bill, did you ever think that guy was going to turn out to be a media star? (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, almost from day one. (laughs) (laughs) I was right on two guys in my career from day one. That Frank Reich would be a great coach and that Pat McAfee <laughs> would be a media star. <laughs>
2: well, I'll tell you something that I didn't see, Ira. I didn't see Bill Polian being a media star, but he is. He is.
1: Yeah,
2: You're everywhere. And I love, I love hearing what you have to say. And I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, and it goes back to the uh, original point I was asking you about Buffalo and the city. Uh, you mentioned cold, dark winter in Buffalo. How do you get Bill's mafia through it? Do you have any advice for those long suffering fans?
1: Oh, well, you know, they're very, re- they're very resilient. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back once, uh, once free agency starts and, and once OTAs begin, they'll, they'll bounce back and they, and they know that, they got a great coach and a great quarterback and a great GM. Uh, the future's bright. It's a young team. Uh, they're going to be fine. Uh, they'll, they'll bounce back. It's, it's just that, you know, you suffer so many heartbreaking losses in so many heartbreaking ways. Wide, right. Music City Miracle. Uh, I don't know whatever they're going <laughs> to nickname the thirteen seconds
2: is I think what they call this one. 13, 13 seconds. seconds okay yeah yeah you know there,
1: this is there have been so many of those that 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 you after a while you just begin to shake your head but we encountered the very same thing when when Marvin and I began to, to to reconstruct the bills it actually began under Case Case Stevenson. Uh, in, in, in 1985 when we drafted Bruce Smith and Frank Reich and Andre Reed, et cetera. Uh, at that time, one of the columnists in town wrote a column that said, let them leave. Let the team leave. They're an embarrassment. Oh. We don't want them. Oh Two and 14, God. you know, stop it. We can't take this anymore.
0: Well,
1: we just said, that's not the way it's going to be. That's not okay. the way it's going to be. We're going to change this. And that's I what did. Sean and and and, and, and uh, Brandon have done, and and they'll do it. They'll finish the job. So uh, hope springs eternal in Buffalo, and and, and their eternal loyalty to the Bills will remain. And uh, it'll just be a, a bit of a tough winter, but but they've been through it before, and uh, and they'll get over it. They'll be back just as uh, just as excited and and just as passionately next next season.
3: Bill, last one for me. Thanks so much for doing this, Bill. Um, I want to ask you about Sean Payton. Bill, you know him him well over the years. You know what he's done with Drew Brees. It was a heck of a tandem for an extended period. Bill, he's taking a break. We don't know if he's ever going to coach again. Bill, if he doesn't coach again, what's the legacy of Sean Payton?
1: Well, first of all, he won a Super Bowl. Um, Unfortunately for me and my teammates, (laughs) because it was over the Colts. Secondly, um, he and Drew Brees uh, uh, combined to create uh, the greatest years, the golden years of of the Saints franchise. Uh, They're both Hall of Famers, in in my opinion. Um, Drew is probably a a first ballot guy uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And uh, and so it, it's been a marvelous run. Uh, it, Sean is probably, uh, you know, over 15 years in, in one place is more than long enough. Um, he, he probably needs a breather. Uh, he certainly can't go through the uncertainty at quarterback and, and a rebuild that w- would occur. Uh, it's, it's the right move, I think, for him to move on. And, uh, and then we'll see what the future holds for him. He's a young man still. And, uh, and and, and I, I think he'll coach again without question.
2: Bill Pullian, thanks so much for the time. Always a pleasure. Really enjoyed talking to you, Bill.
1: Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. You're great.
2: Thanks, Bill. That was Hall of Fame GM and now Hall of Fame voter Bill Pullian. And Ira, what do you think of that overtime suggestion that he's got? Um, you like it? You know, not like it? Well, Clark, the numbers hit you right in the face and in and
3: that and, – and the teams that win the toss are winning a predominant number of, of these playoff games. The, the numbers are the numbers and they're winning it with the first drive quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, I like the fact Clark, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about it is that uh, this is not the offense and defense of the seventies. No, that's right. This, this is not the, the, there's no more 13, 10 games in this league Clark. It doesn't happen. Unless it's, um, it's Baltimore-Pittsburgh. <laughs> games there. 10 uh, I like the fact that Pauline's
2: keeping an open mind about this clock. I, I think it shows a lot. Oh, it does. And that's the way he is. But uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't have an open mind about it. I, I like it the way it is. And I think you can't complain about overtime if you can't defend for 13 seconds, for goodness sake. So I, I don't really want to. I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> But I tell you what, I do want to hear this because that can only mean one thing. It's our I was there segment. So, Ira, you got it this year. You were somewhere at some time when some things noteworthy happened. So, our Clark, what, where,
3: when Clark, did it happen? I, I'm going to take you back to the summer of 1986. My, my, son, oh. was, was, my son was a, a toddler and, Clark, USFL 2 is you know, acting up and, and, and they get their coaches together and we'll see if it's successful. But Clark, in the summer of 86, it was USFL one, And yes. they had filed an antitrust suit against the National Football League. Donald Trump was right in the middle of it. Right. And their point was that uh, the NFL conspired against the USFL in terms of getting their ability to get TV contracts. They conspired. It was a conspiracy. Well, Bill, this went on, a six-person jury. I was there in New York covering it. I was down in Tampa. They flew me in from Tampa up to New York, United Press. We had money back then before we went out of business, Clark. <laughs> and and I watched uh, the USFL uh, uh, a lawyer was named Harvey Meyerson. He was kind yeah, of got a virtual right. casting he could have been a comedian in, in another. Uh, could have been Sebastian Maniscalco in, in another uh, life. And um, at the end of the day, Clark. At the end of the day, they they ruled in favor of the USFL and awarded the NFL uh, one dollar. Yeah, yeah, and trebled it. And, the and it. Yeah, so
2: three. And trebled it. Three dollars.
3: And, and Pete Rozelle was exultant.
2: Yep. And um. And that 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 was the end of the USFL right then and there. Like you, I was there. I went there and, and listened to a day or two of testimony. I was there when Howard Cosell testified. That was riveting. That was great TV. I mean, if they had ever had uh, reality TV, in, TV then, they should have been there because Howard Cosell was tremendous there. It was Were you crazy. there for Al Davis? Al Davis I, also testified. Yeah, I know it was, he did, but no, I was not. I, I, I was not. But uh, I know the NFL was relieved with that finding. Um, Ira, final thoughts. You gotta really leave Final the thought. show's over, right? Final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh what a game for the ages.
3: Bills Chiefs. I mean, I'm a longtime uh chief observer for fifty years. I know you, you don't like it because nobody played any defense. It was like seven on seven. Clark, my, my thoughts after the game was I, I really felt bad for Josh Allen. I, I think yeah, me this guy. Too. Is me too.
2: Me he too. he is tremendous. And I agree um, with you. I, I agree with you. I, it's and, not that I didn't like. I thought it was exciting, but when people say it was the greatest game ever, like you know, I like to see a little defense. That was like seven on seven football there, but it was okay. it was riveting. Buffalo's going to be good for a long time. Look, they are. Yeah, time. yeah, they are. Um, and my only final thought is going back to what we said at the beginning. Listen, guys, if this was Tom Brady's final game, I would just like to say thanks for the ride. It was a privilege and a pleasure. Hey, uh, last thing here, guys. Championship weekend. What do you got? Um, Ira, Ian, who do you have? Who do you like? What do you got? Um,
3: Ian, I, I, I like the way the Rams are playing, and, and I'll tell you why. I think Von Miller makes a tremendous difference. Not, so, not, not even just him coming off the edge, Clark uh, and Ian, but Ian, you saw how much more effective he makes Floyd and, and Aaron Donald. And, and now you can't pay all this attention to Aaron Donald because you got Von Miller. He's a big game player. Clark, they're all in, and, and I think Von Miller could be the difference uh, on Sunday. Yeah,
0: ahead, Ian. I, I agree. I mean, you know, what Brady did to combat that pass rush was was pretty remarkable, and I don't think you're going to get yeah. that even from these mobile quarterbacks because it just it turns into a different game. So I like the Rams, and, and you know, maybe it's a little bit of wishful thinking, and I'm sorry to say it, Ira, but uh, maybe this Bengals ride is just is too much to cool down, and uh, they, they, they beat Kansas City again because – Kansas City, I mean, look for for as great as their offenses, I I worry a lot about that defense. Same thing with the Bengals, but I feel like the Bengals are are kind of just that team that's playing a little bit looser, a little bit freer, and I, I I think that might bode well. And they got a guy that can throw the ball just as well as Patrick Mahomes. So
2: uh, yeah, uh, Ira, you didn't mention the AFC. You got the Chiefs. Well, I I can't argue with Ian's
3: point that the Chiefs' defense is shaky. It's shaky, Clark. But um, at home,
2: Chiefs. I like the home team. Okay. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'll tell you what I got. I got us dropping the curtain on the show. <laughs> but Wait if you minute, want you got to it... you make your picks, you got to make your picks. I'm going Chiefs 49ers, Chiefs 49ers. Um, listen, if you want to hear more of the I test for two, just go to fullpresscoverage.com. You pull down the podcast icon and your toolbar uh, on the toolbar and, and, and you can listen to this or any I test for two podcasts. It's easy. It's so easy that Ira Kaufman can do it, and we hope you can too. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.